Hey everyone, welcome to the Fantasy Life Podcast, and we're talking matchups today. I'm Sam Holt, and of course, I am joined by Chris Allen, and of course, Cooter Doodle as well. But today, we have a special guest. We have Jagger May on with us, video editor from Football Guys. Jagger, thank you so much for joining our wonderful crew here today. Glad to be here, and I didn't laugh at you like Chris told me to. (laughs) (laughs) No. Yes, the, the hazing that happens before the record button hits is just, it's brutal, but very honest. Um, definitely love this team. Remind me, Chris, when did you go out in our Eliminator League? Oh, oh, I did. So why do you got to bring up like old stuff? I don't understand like why like that <laughs> needs to be ago. brought up like at all. Um, okay. Thank Fire you so much, start today. Let's I know. Go. It's just like, just like instantly like just comes in and just like, man, I, I was trying to make our guests feel welcome, bring them in on like some of our inside jokes and just all of that. And then I'm, you just have I'm to layering like, in an extra one. He needs to understand all the jokes. Yeah. And the, but let's yeah. save Eliminator Lead talk for the end where we can get an update from Cooter on how that one's doing. I'm really grateful that obviously in this week, we only have two teams on a buy, so we don't have to go around and say, and of course you're starting at whoever's available because there's six teams. No, we have two teams on a buy. Don't have to worry about that as much. Or I don't, hopefully you're not dependent on the Cardinals and the commanders. I think that this is a week that we can all get by. But I'd love to start off with, of course, the matchup of the week. I think the one that we're the most excited to talk about, of course, the Bills going to Kansas City. Chiefs are one and a half point favorites over the Bills with a game total set at 48 and a half. A lovely high score. I want to first talk about Travis Kelsey. And obviously he had a touchdown in week 11, but against the Eagles, but he's been lackluster since. And I'm wanting to know, do you guys feel like we're going to see some possible upside from him going this week in this matchup? Jagger, I'll start with you here. Can we expect the floor to be raised for Kelsey this week? I mean, I I think out of any tight end, you just hope they have a floor. And I know that we have, you know, a new resurgence of tight ends, but especially now with Travis Kelsey, I I don't think you have a choice, but to hope that he has one because there's no way that you're going to bench him. And then his disappointment is still, what is he around like, like 17 points a game. And, and and I know, I think what what we're seeing now, we're seeing somebody like, like God bleed almost when you think about like, like a tight end. So, you know, I guess call me a, a pessimistic fan. Are we seeing a decline? Yes, but we definitely only have room to be optimistic going forward. When you think about Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. Absolutely. And I think this is the first week that I've seen him slide in the rankings from that one position to two. And I think it obviously just has to do with the fact that his floor has been reached and he hasn't hit that ceiling since, again, week 11 was against the Eagles. Cooter, how about you? When you look at Travis Kelsey this week, obviously they're playing at home. Will she be there? And then maybe his <laughs> points go up. <laughs> Hey, who's she? Who, who are you talking yeah. about? Uh, I think Donna Kelsey. Um, Donna Kelsey. When she's there, he definitely does show up for mom. Yeah, I mean, I have to totally agree with Jagger here. I think the issue, it's a tough matchup to begin with. Both defenses are playing well. We've seen the offenses have some hmm. rocky, you know, play against good teams and bad teams. But I think it really is just what we're expecting. It's the expectancy of Kelsey to be these, you know, huge ceiling plays and, He's just not necessarily being consistent with it, but you start him if you have him. I don't imagine you're going to have Kelsey and Sam Laporta or something like that. So, I mean, hope for the best. If there's a tight end that can pull out a a touchdown, I was going to say a tight end that can pull out a tight end, Um, (laughs) a tight end that can pull out a touchdown. It's him. So I'm hoping for the best, but I'm not super excited about it this week. I actually love that you pulled up that comparison because I'm in a dynasty league and this is how depleted the season is I'm starting Baker Mayfield in a two QB league and I'm starting Travis Kelsey in my OP position because I have Sam Laporta at tight end. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. I am there. (laughs) This is where we are. This is where we live now. Um, The the things that we have to, you know, deal with going into week 14 of the season, but let's talk about more of the chiefs players. Obviously there's plenty of fantasy goodness to go around, but Chris, I want to talk to you about the banged up running backs for the chiefs. Pacheco did not practice yesterday. He's dealing with a shoulder contusion. Not sure if that's going to hold him out this week. McKinnon missed the last two weeks was a limited participant this week. Can we expect Pacheco to take a step back a little bit? If McKinnon comes in there looking a little bit healthier this week. Yeah, I would expect so. And that was one of the reasons why, at least in my write-up for this game, that at least Pacheco lined up as like a top 10, top eight, like running back just based off of usage alone. 
because coming into the season, it was Pacheco was going to be like they each had their roles. Pacheco would be like the the guy with getting most of the base downs, a short yardage type work, sure. But of course, they still had Jarek McKinnon to work in like the two minute drill, passing down work. Ceh could also work in there as well. But over the past two weeks, with McKinnon not being there, uh, we've seen like Pacheco really absorb most of that role. Like that, I think they've more or less kind of told us they're trying to move on from Clyde Edwards-Helaire. Uh, just looking at the amount of targets that Pacheco is getting like right now past two weeks, he's been at like a 19, 20% targets per route run rate. Uh, I mean, that's the usage combined with like uh, the carries combined with the target. That's hard for us to find that level of work uh, for, for a running back, especially this late in the season. So with McKinnon coming back combined with the shoulder injury, I would say that he more or less like reverts back to what we saw earlier in the season. Hopefully uh, he should be fine, at least from a, from a usage standpoint. I would assume he gets in a limited practice tomorrow. Uh, like he winds up uh, suiting up on Sunday. Shouldn't be much of an issue, at least from a, uh, from a snaps percentage. But from an overall workload standpoint, I would expect him to be more in that like RB2 type role that we saw throughout the season, especially with McKinnon back. Okay, so if I have him slotted in as my RB1 right now and I don't have better options, I'm kind of in a situation where I need to start him anyways. Um, but for others that might have better options, are you sliding him to that RB2 on your roster? Uh, I mean, it depends on your other options, right? I mean, like I would say that uh, you've got, I mean, because uh, like where you drafted him at, you probably have like one of the like top 12 guys like ish, like somewhere on your roster, like probably. So if, uh, unless you were, I don't know, rocking like on, Joe Mixon actually didn't look all too bad like this past week. Woohoo, go Bengals. Uh, but like any <laughs> of the other guys that I think you would typically start in your RB1 slot, like along with along with Pacheco, I think you're still fine. It's just that the the workload, I think you can still have an RB1 result. Like once they get into the red zone, uh, will Pacheco still be out there? I think yes. I don't think McKinnon, uh, like him coming off of injury, I don't think they're going to roll him out there and put him back to his like typical workload. So I think from at least from that standpoint, Pacheco could be the one to still find like the end zone you know, at least once to at least put him in like the top 12 conversation for week 14. So I think while you still have him like from a projection standpoint in the RB2, uh, like in the RB2 ranks, he still has the upside to still wind up as an RB1. Okay, I like to see that. Also want to talk about a couple more players on the Chiefs before I pivot over to the Bills. Um, Mahomes has been... Very average, not that Mahomes-esque that you like to see in terms of big fantasy numbers, at least not since week seven. I want to know if we can expect some more potential sparks against the Bills this week, and specifically if he's going to be able to get Rasheed Rice utilized in the offense this week. Jagger, I'll kick this one to you. Um, as long, and, and you said the the key factor there is 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 Rasheed Rice going to be a primary target? If you look at yards per route run, Rasheed Rice has been up there. He just hasn't had the amount that we like to see, and we've seen that number go up. The big thing here is it's everything else after Rasheed Rice and Travis Kelsey that's the problem with Mahomes. Uh, we've seen this with Tom Brady. We've seen this with Aaron Rodgers. Um, everyone wonders like is is Patrick Mahomes still as good as we thought he is? Yes, he very much is he just doesn't have the supporting cast and that's the real factor so and and honestly it's the same conversation back to travis kelsey you can't afford not to sit patrick mahomes because especially with someone without a rushing floor he has one of the highest ceilings in the game all it takes is for i don't know Marquez Valdez Scantling to just catch one maybe just one and that's that's at least six points i i'm i promise <laughs> if he catches that one though right yeah, he has one job, and that's to catch the one. Yeah. <laughs> I think they all kind of have like one job per their role, and every week you just hope that they do the one thing that we need them to do. Right, um, yeah. I love that we just put a cherry on top of that. But outside of MVS, and obviously we want Rashi Rice to get involved, are there any other pass catchers you guys can imagine getting open and available against the Bills this week? I'm not trusting any personally. I mean, you look at how he's been using his – one, like you said, already he's kind of had this depleted option, like source to go to. And on top of it, he's not consistent in how he's doing it. So I, if it's not Kelsey, maybe Pacheco, I'm really kind of staying away from this offense. Even Rushy Rice, I'm not comfy starting him because it's not consistent enough for me. Oof, it's not a good feeling, mm -hmm. especially in this matchup when I feel like there's a lot of potential for fantasy points. If everyone just does the job that they're asked <laughs> to do, we should all get the points that we're deserved. But let's go ahead and talk about the Bills. I want to talk about James Cook specifically. Can I, can I, can I, can I, maybe oh. I, can, I, want, I want to throw I want to throw one Please. name out there. Yes. 
uh, we could maybe do the sky more thing one more time. One more time, we run into no. Bowie more. We can, no. we can maybe, we can, we can maybe do this like we can maybe do this like just, just, just one more, one more time. Just maybe, maybe one more time. It's like it's more. never gonna happen. Never I, I'd gonna like, happen. I, I'm just, I'm tossing it out there just because like the the types of receivers that have been able to at least, uh, at least produce against against the bills offense i mean that uh like if you want to want to try and find a way to to beat them it's like you need like intermediate like deep type deep threats that work out on the on the perimeter sky's done that to to some degree like him and justin watson uh, but i'd still prefer from the pedigree standpoint like sky but like calvin ridley did it uh t did it uh i mean like contested contested catch perimeter type receivers have been the ones to do it so if this is a game that we think is going to at least hit that 48 and a half total chiefs have really not been scoring a ton of points these past few weeks. So there has to be some additional offensive production coming from somewhere. And if Pacheco's hurt, Kelsey has been mid as the kids say, and Rasheed Rice is still not even running more than like 75% of the routes. It like that has to come from somewhere. And like those explosives have to come from somewhere. And if it has to be from somebody, I think if it's not going to be MBS, uh, especially if a defender is draped all over the back of him like like this past weekend. Sure. I would at least entertain the idea of Sky Moore. Am I rostering him? No. Am I am, would I play him? No. But I'm just saying, <laughs> if there's a chance, I would say like it's, I'll throw Sky Moore into the conversation and then okay. like run away and act like I never said anything. Okay, so I can text Clint from my home league, who's like been down for Sky all year. I can just say, look, this is your week potentially, maybe potentially. Yes. According to our own Chris Allen, this is the week. And then he's like 100% going to blame me and try and get me fired, which I can <laughs> I can understand. At the time, you can trust Sky Moore every time. So there you go. There you go. Well, all right. Well, maybe I'll just add this little asterisk to the end when we make our picks for who wins this game. Give me a random player you think could be an anytime touchdown favorite and i'll just go ahead and slide you in there that. i'm gonna bet that like right now let's go <laughs> all right well let's talk a little bit about the bills then before we can make our picks on who wins this game want to talk about james cook and cooter i'm gonna kick this one to you he has been trending in the direction of a more consistent rb2 as of late with his last three performances but between him and the players that are ranked near him who would you rather be starting this week james cook versus kansas city Raheem Mostert versus Tennessee or Mixon versus the Colts? Look, honestly, Kansas City ranks 11th against running backs right now, the position. So I'm going Mixon. Okay. Um, it's, it's a good matchup. I think things are going to look better there. So yeah, Mixon for me. Okay, I'll circle this. Would you rather around the group? Because Jagger, in case you weren't aware, this is Chris's favorite game. Um, who would you rather start, Chris? Cook, Mostert, or Mixon? Uh, just given game environment, because, uh, cook, cook. I think cook, if, if okay. I'm thinking through it, uh, cause I realize that Latavius is going to get most of the short yardage work. Josh Allen is like liable to just do like Josh Allen, like hair on fire type stuff. Once they get inside the five yard line, I get that. Uh, but the case for case for cook is what we thought it was going to be like for week 14 is the same as what we thought it was going to be coming into the season. If yeah. he can start to get more of the, of the, uh, of the rushing, which he's at about like a 50% like rushing rate, like over the past, uh, past few games, but the targets are there. Like if, if the targets start to get there, uh, like a 15% target share in the week before they're by in that wild game against the Eagles. Again, if we're thinking that game environment is going to be high scoring back and forth, Josh Allen's going to need like all of his weapons in order to get over the Chiefs and Arrowhead. Uh, like if I mean Cook gets that along with the carries, I think Cook has the best shot. But like it's him and Mixon, I think I'm having the toughest time with. Okay, good to know. I want to talk about one more Bills player that I think we're all struggling with in terms of how to deal with him this week. We're talking about Gabe Davis. He has had alternating weeks of success this season. Given the bye week last week, can we expect him to now have an upside week this week? Cooter, I will throw this one to you first. You know, this is one of those ones, even I feel like it's been a season long thing. If you roster him, you're stressing out, you're not comfortable, you don't feel like it's something that you can rely on. But I just feel like, kind of like Chris said, if Josh Allen is going to make this happen against the Chiefs, he's going to have to use every weapon out there available to him. And Gabe Davis can make the big plays. He can score the touchdowns. I, I, I'm at the point where it really, truly depends on what your other choices are. But I think you could have 
you could see it happening this week where he has another one of those, you know, one, two touchdown games. Not going to be easy, but I think Josh Allen can make it happen. No, I love that, especially if he has to utilize other weapons around him. Um, kind of what you were saying, Chris, and alluding to with the running backs and kind of, you know, hair on fire. Josh Allen, I love that because I can totally picture the way he runs. Does run like his hair is on fire. Um, <laughs> but I can imagine him having to get the ball out quickly. And Gabe Davis is a great target for that um, on weeks that we don't expect it. So maybe it could be this week. But let's go ahead and bring everyone on board and let's see who wins this one. Cooter, I'll start with you. Who you got, Chiefs or Bills? Oh, and do you have a player for an anytime touchdown? Anytime touchdown. Look, anytime touchdown for me is going to be Kelsey. And honestly, I know it's in Arrowhead, but I'm going to go with the Bills here just because I think they have more talented pieces to go to. I'll probably regret it later, but yeah, going Bills. All right. I dig it. All right. And then Chris, how about yourself? I want to know who you've got for an anytime touchdown and who you got to win this. Uh, anytime touchdown. I've been, I'm taking my Sky Moore call. I, I mean, love I, it. I, yeah, I'm going to need that to happen. I'm definitely betting that. Uh, so outside of that, Sky Moore and man, I just think I, I'm going to have to go with the Bills. I still think that offense is still one of the better offenses in the league by most advanced metrics. Chiefs defense is like at least reeling. They've got a couple of a uh, couple of uh, injuries right now. I think it was Drew Tranquil is in the concussion protocol, and their uh, free safety. I forget the name of the guy, but also injured this past week as well. And and Bills are fighting for their like for their season at this point. So if they don't get this one, I'm pretty sure they're. I don't know if they're mathematically eliminated, but it more or less becomes tougher and tougher for them to even get into the wild card spot. So I'll, I'll say Bills. I mean the. I think the the playoff picture will look so much better, at least compared to like, looking at the other teams that are currently fighting for the playoffs that don't even have their starting quarterback. I, I need the Bills in the playoffs, so I'll go Buffalo. Mm -hmm. All right, I'm going to be the contrary here, and I'm going to go with the Chiefs. Um, I'm also going to pick an anytime touchdown from Jarek McKinnon. You know, if he had a, even a limited participant practice, that's if, a good one too. If Pacheco is at all limited, I just like the idea of McKinnon with a receiving touchdown this week. Oh. I'll add that to my notes, and I think that the Chiefs go ahead and take it. They can't be this mid all season long they have to get into their playoff form and i think this is the week that they do it and mahomes has to shake off whatever rust is left from the beginning i got a lot of bets to make at this point those are those are good bets like right there all right anytime <laughs> so many anytime touchdowns y'all about to make me a lot of money like right here <laughs> like this, that's what's happening make sure you post and tag us and heck yeah amazing all right let's get to the second matchup of the week we're talking about seattle in San Francisco, Niners are 10 and a half point favorites over the Seahawks with a game total of 46 and a half points. Feels like a lot of points for being such high favorites, but I think that's because there's so much fantasy goodness. Of course, I want to start it off with Christian McCaffrey. We can't talk about the Niners without kicking off to him first, but I want to know, set it and forget it rest of the season, or does this or any of the upcoming matchups cause any concern for either of you? what he might be looking at for the rest of the time heading into the fantasy playoffs. Again, he's got Seattle this week, Arizona, Baltimore, Washington, and then the Rams. Cooter, I'll start with you here. Any hesitation with any of those matchups coming up? I mean, I don't love Baltimore and the Rams coming up, but it's CMC and he's going to make things happen regardless. At this point, I think for me, I think he's one of the biggest league winners besides maybe Tyreek Hill um, if you have him, I, I'd love to see the stats on which teams are making the playoffs and have him on their roster. Um, yeah, so that's the only two matchups I'd be maybe nervous about, but you're not going to sit him. He's like you said, set it, sit him, set it, forget it. No, yes, yeah. set it, forget no, it, start him and forget it, yeah. start him and start forget, him and forget it. it. Yeah, just keep yeah. him in there. Just go to every week. Just fast forward and put him in, you know? Yeah. Fast forward, put him in. And for the rest of you, Jagger, I want to go to you. Any hesitation with CMC rest of season heading into the fantasy playoffs? Or are you just feeling lucky that you drafted him where you did, even if you took him first overall? Um, I wish I could say I was lucky enough to draft or own any, but I do not because uh, I'm one of the fabled zero running back guys. But uh, <laughs> uh, like, like to me, it's it's kind of like Cooter said. It, I mean, CMC is single handedly dragging certain some, especially if you're in like a win QB league, single handedly dragging you into the playoffs. And there's no way that, that you're gonna put him on your bench. I mean, he. I don't see him slowing down yet. So you'll ride the wheels off with him. He's to me, he's like a little baby Derrick Henry. Like, when is he going to quit? I don't know. 
I don't want to find out. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love that. And at the same time, I just pictured like, you know how they do like mini Mario. I just pictured like a mini <laughs> Derrick Henry and how adorable is that? Like we should talk to our graphics people and see if they can create an image like that. Can you make like, one just like <laughs> running right here? That'd be great. <laughs> oh, baby Derrick Henry. So cute. Um, all right. I want to talk about obviously much more of the amazing fantasy players that we have to talk about when it comes to the Niners. Chris, I got to throw this one to you. I want to talk about Debo. He dominated in week 13 with so much talent to go around. You can imagine the hot hand is going to rotate. Is it going to shift and go to Ayuk or Kittle this week? Or can we expect more fire from Debo? Now, I would assume that you should be expecting more firepower from Debo. Uh, my, my hope was that uh, over the course of Debo being like injured slashed out, we saw Brandon Ayuk really ascend to like the, the wide receiver one role that by all metrics, like showed that he should have been. Uh, I think this stat that I tossed out, uh, I think it was on a, I think I was doing the show with uh, Ian and Dwayne. Uh, like there are only, uh, I mean, I forget how many, uh, like 10 or 15 like wide receivers with over like a yards per route run of, of three. Uh, Brandon Ayuk is one of those wide receivers uh, along with like, uh, you know, Tyreek Hill and like all the rest of those guys. I mean, like just highly efficient, like wide receivers. Tyreek Hill like leads the group. Uh, I think his, like his yards per route run is like over four, which is an insane number like to, to hit. Uh, but Tyreek Hill has 120 targets. Uh, Brandon Ayuk has about 70. I mean, he's doing like, he has like, he's been doing all of these things, like hitting all these efficiency metrics on like half the volume. And that's part of the uh, that's part of the key, uh, the critical components, a uh, critical component of the 49ers offense. Brock Purdy's not dropping back as often as like a Joe Burrow, a Patrick Mahomes. I mean, insert like pass heavy offense here. But when he does pass the ball and he's doing it with such aggression, like throwing like eight, nine, 10 air yards downfield, except for last week when they were just peppering the Eagles like underneath. But he does it in such a way that allows his receivers to work after the catch. And Ayuk was doing most of that and being able to create after the catch two games or three games now with uh, Debo Samuel being back, that uh, that target share has shifted back to Debo. We actually saw him with a uh, 30% share. Uh, like the last time that they they played the Seahawks, he's now retaken like the wide receiver one role. Uh, but also like the targets are there, but also the, uh, the, the work out of the backfield is, is there as well. It's watching him work in like alongside uh, Christian McCaffrey, like once they get into the red zone like, as a running back. So having that dual threat ability, which is something that we know like Debo, Debo has had in the bag like, for the past like two, three seasons. But against, I mean, this opponent, I mean, with the way that Seattle's kind of reeling right now, I think it's just an easy call to think that Debo is going to continue to do this. Uh, and the, my only question would be at what point in the fourth quarter is he going to be wind up just like kicking it on the sideline? Because it's just hard for me to see like Seattle really fighting back to the point where this is uh, that the like the 49ers can be hard pressed to keep their starters out on the field. That makes a lot of sense. So I was going to pivot that and say, do you also expect a multiple touchdown game from Debo to continue? Or do you feel like they're going to get so far ahead if Debo gets one touchdown? Based on what you just said, you can imagine the likes of Elijah Mitchell getting more run in the second mm -hmm. half. Yeah, I, I could definitely see like Elijah Mitchell getting worked in or Juwan Jennings, like still getting in like, you know, uh, some, some more uh, catches or targets or whatever towards the fourth quarter, something like that. Even though Juwan Jennings has been playing well enough to work in in three wide receiver sets, he just caught a touchdown against the Eagles, if memory serves. So, yeah. Love that. All right, Jagger, I want to throw this one to you. I want to talk about Brock Purdy. We talked about him a tiny bit off air, but I want to talk about him a bit more now. He's averaging 1.9 touchdowns a week this season. Is Purdy the low-key going to win multiple people championships in their fantasy matchups for the playoffs because of where you drafted him. He's currently sitting at QB seven in respective rankings, but people drafted him around QB 22. So do you feel like you're going to see a lot of fantasy champions with Brock Purdy on their team? Yes. And I have one specifically that is going to get me there. And to put my money where my mouth is, I felt so good about Brock Purdy rest of season. I was willing to trade Tua in order mm -hmm. to go get a running back. And, and that's, again, Tua's played just as well, but I have Jalen Hurts and it's super flex. So, and when you need a running back, you know, you, you, I feel comfortable throwing Tua out there. And because, and, like, again, Brock Purdy, and it's not just Brock Purdy. We named all the the fantasy goodness that's surrounded by him. And this isn't me saying that Brock Purdy isn't good or whatnot. I don't care. I just know that he gets me points, and he's going to continue to get us points into the playoffs. 
So absolutely. No, I love that. So if you were an MVP voter, um, is Purdy going to be a candidate for you in that MVP conversation if he continues the play that he currently has? I mean, you, you got to give credit where credit is due, regardless if you think he's doing it or he's not doing it. You can't knock or not reward someone for, like we said, he does his job. He does his job. You know, he gets, he gets the studs, the football, you know, if only, you know, some guys on the chiefs could do their job too. We wouldn't be having this conversation. He <laughs> does his job well. He shows up to school on time with his backpack in tow and he is just ready to go for every single match. Right? Do you guys see the hate that he gets for all of his pregame outfits? It's like, where yeah. is this kid going to school and why is he late for homeroom? Is kind I mean, of I guess I under, I kind of understand it when you see all the fits that some of the other players are. I mean, look at like Devonta Smith if i had like the same body style this like the suits that he wears like I the dark wing duck one that he had like the, oh, purple. That was sick. <laughs> the purple one the the uh the philly green or not philly green it was yeah. like the dark green one that he mm -hmm. wore with the turtleneck i was like oh my gosh like i i would dress like that too but i can understand hey you're going you're going to a football game you're going to work you're going right? to work yeah. going to work i mean if you can wear if i could wear jeans to work i would do that so i get it yeah, no, he I does the Johnny Menzel money with Cole's cash. He goes, oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. That's, that's going to be the subtitle for this week's episode. I love it so much. All right. Let's, we've talked a lot about the Niners. Obviously, there's pretty much, I don't, I can't imagine a situation or a team being so well off that they could feel good benching any Niner player in particular just because they're all at the potential to go off. Mm -hmm. But I want to talk about the Seahawks where there's, much more limited talent that we're looking for specifically against the Niners defense. Cooter, I'll start with you here. DK Metcalf went absolutely off last week, rained hellfire down on Dallas, six receptions, 134 yards, three touchdowns. I'm guessing he's not going to do the same against the Niners defense. What kind of capped expectations should fantasy managers have for him this week? Yeah. I mean, I think it would, it'd be tough for him to do it against the Niners, but if you look at their defense, that is the weak spot at the wide receiver position. I mean, they're ranked second against quarterback, fifth against running back, but they're ranked 25th in the league against wide receivers. So there is hope, in my opinion. I'm not sitting him this week, especially after you've heard tons of fantasy managers that had him on his the bench, you know, against Dallas. Um, I'm, I, am I? Yes, I am. I am going to let the Geno bug bite again, and I'm just going to hope hope that he can get at least one more score you know what i mean like i said that's the one weakness they have there and i'm hoping that they can exploit it but i don't think it's going to be near all last week gotcha so based on that weakness that you're wanting to exploit for the niners could there be any potential for other pass catchers for the seahawks to see some usage this week i know jsn had some spike in usage in week mm -hmm. 13. lockett's been not the best anything you can imagine for the two of them I mean, you have to hope that Gino is going to try to, yeah, utilize everybody out there to keep up with San Francisco because you know San Francisco is going to score multiple times. A hundred percent. Chris, how about yourself? Any other obvious flex positions that you'd want to get in there? I know Charbonnet is dealing with a knee injury, didn't practice on Wednesday, not, and neither did Walker. So looking for sparks for that offense right now. Yeah, and both Walker and Charbonnet were limited uh, participants in practice earlier today. Uh, so while if either if both of them play, uh, that would put them put in them in a situation where we've seen them kind of try and fight for for work uh, earlier in the season. And against the San Francisco defense, not really one that I would want to target from a rushing perspective anyway. So it's like those guys, no. But if there was one wide receiver that I wouldn't mind working into my flex, if at all possible, uh, we already talked about it. It would be Jackson Smith and Jigba. Uh, we saw his uh, saw a season high 11 targets just this past week. And then uh, like while he's still used in the short areas of the field, uh, that's actually kind of works out because that becomes he becomes like the uh, the, the security blanket, that safety valve uh, for Geno Smith. Uh, almost half of his targets uh, like were like they came when Geno Smith was pressured. Uh, so up like almost like 40% of his uh, over 40% of Geno Smith's dropbacks. He was pressured last week. And when he was under pressure, he was looking JSN's way. Uh, the 49ers defensive front, I mean, they're putting up like a top 10 pressure rate, like in the league right now. So in that situation, I would think that he would continue to look to JSN, if not to help 
get him out of a jam, but also help the Seahawks continue to move their defense because he is responsible for at least some of the, like most of their first downs, at least over the past like four or five weeks. All right. Definitely love that. Jagger, I want to kick it to you when we go around and make our picks on who we imagine winning this matchup, who you got Niners or Seahawks. And we did something fun on the last pick and I want to know if you've got an anytime touchdown for any player on either side of the ball. Um, I mean, you got to pick the Niners here. I mean, I love what the Seahawks did to the Cowboys, but the Niners don't seem to mess up as much as the Cowboys do. So, um, I'll, uh, I'll give them the, the credit. And then for an anytime one, I would get cute with this one and mm-hmm. I would go with the, the, the value touchdown and I'm going to pick JSN because um, kind of like Chris was saying, I think a lot of what they're going to have to do is the underneath game um, as much as we love DK, but it, uh, even though the 49ers have a weak secondary, they have a very good front seven. So the way to beat them is going to be fast, quick, short underneath passes. And I'm uh, and I like the value that JSN would give you as an anytime TD. So. Love that. Chris, I'll go to you next. Who you got taking the win in this one? It's going to be the Seahawks or the Niners. And who you got for an anytime touchdown? Uh, I will take the 49ers as well. And you know what? I think I want the same guy that scored that scored a touchdown for the Seahawks last week to score a touchdown again against the 49ers only so I can see him do... <laughs> <laughs> that's what that's, I want to see on him do that. stand on business. I want to see him do that again or whatever other sign language thing he wants to do in the end zone. But yeah, give me DK Metcalf for an anytime TD. I love that. All right, Kudra and yourself, Seahawks or Niners and who you got yeah. for anytime. It's Niners and I'm going to go with Kittle. Ooh, I like that I like one. It. That's amazing. All right. I'm going to also go with Niners. We're going to sweep this category and who am I going to take for my anytime? I'll go with Elijah Mitchell because of the usage and we imagine them getting ahead early. I could see them having to rush the ball a lot in the second half and Mitchell going ahead and sneaking in a touchdown as well. But before we jump on to our next matchup, I want to go back to the first one, the matchup of the week. Jagger, I want to get your pick. We're going to do the same question in terms of who you think you're going to have for an anytime touchdown. Who are you going to take in this one? Bills or Chiefs? Uh, definitely the Chiefs. Anytime touchdown, I'm going to take uh, Rashi Rice. Ooh, okay. I'm going to go with that one. Love it. All right. Heading into our third matchup of the week. Of course, we're going to be talking about the Rams going to Baltimore. Ravens are seven and a half points favorites over the Rams. And actually, the line just moved today. So I can imagine wanting to pay attention to this one because it might be sliding a little bit more. The game has a total projected of 40 and a half points. Bad weather is expected in this game. Chris, I'd love to go to you for a weather report before we dive into the fantasy implications for each of these players. Yeah, sure. And uh, I took a look at the the forecast like actually earlier today. It's not as bad as it looked uh, just a couple of days ago, but it is going to be a mix of wind and rain. And like I, I say those two things and everyone's like, oh, it's going to be it's going to sound terrible, but not necessarily. Uh, so for folks that haven't had a chance, take a look at the research piece I did over the offseason about weather impacts, uh, specifically wind. And typically and what I've seen researching over the past like five years of data is that the any of the inputs that we would typically look for for projections, whether it's plays run, whether it's uh, pass rate over expectation, although our own Dwayne McFarland prefers to use dropbacks over expectation, or even just quarterback accuracy in general, completion percentage over expected, uh, those three key metrics, plays run, pass rate over expectation, completion percentage over expectation, those don't start to tail off until we get past 20 miles an hour. 20 miles an hour sustained wins. Don't care about Gus in the slightest. Cool to report it. It's a big number. People freak out about it, but it doesn't matter. Well, it matters less because we can't plan for it. It's just a random event. Uh, For rain, uh, you can check out weatherunderground.com. That's a free website that I typically use because it uh, reports uh, the precipitation rate on an hourly basis. Uh, Anything over 0.06 inches per hour, that's where play typically gets affected. And then, of course, once you get to like 0.1, that's where uh, that's actually considered moderate rainfall uh but that's when it's almost like a, a deluge uh think about the uh 49ers bears game in week one of last year where it's like all the guys like sliding around and all that stuff uh that's where you see that uh for baltimore it's actually going to get up to like that uh that level of rainfall like throughout the game it's supposed to start at about around 0.06 get up to 0.1 inches per hour like towards the back end of the game and that's the part that concerns me the most uh because we already got 
uh, let's see, two, let's say, passers that like to throw from off platforms like as much as possible. Matthew Stafford, the gunslinger, doing like the sidearm action. Same thing with Lamar. Uh, even though he missed practice today with an illness, uh, I guess we were about due for like that uh, Lamar Jackson sickness game. But <laughs> either way, uh, I think that's where th that becomes a concern for at least uh, for for my purposes. I would expect at least a slight drop in plays run, uh, but also a potential for inaccurate balls that are thrown. Which I mean, Matthew Stafford's prone to have a deep ball gets gets intercepted. Lamar Jackson can do the same as well. Uh, so that's where I would say let's check back. Um, I'll probably have, uh, since I actually I'll be writing the Sunday newsletter, check back Sunday morning. I will have at least as much up-to-date information regarding the weather for that game uh, and the, any impacts that I would be able to estimate based off the research that I've done. You'll be able to see it on Sunday morning. Thank you, as always, for doing the due diligence for us, Chris. We I'm really a appreciate big, it. fat nerd. <laughs> ain't no doubt about it. You know what? It's cool to be a nerd, and it's okay. That's why we're all friends here. Yeah. It's totally fine. All right, let's jump into the fantasy implications then in this game with the bad weather in mind. Obviously, Cooter, I want to start with you talking about Cooper Cup versus Puka Nakua. And who do we trust this week, considering obviously the injuries that we've seen for Cup? They've been nagging at him, but both of them did get decent usage last week, each with a touchdown. Nakua, obviously, with the yard high there with 105 yards last week. Who do you trust in this matchup? given the defense they're facing. Yeah, I mean, I don't think you're sitting either one, but I, I have to say I trust Puka Nakua with my life at this point. <laughs> I mean, in we're what, going into week 14, he's only had five games where he didn't either have at least a touchdown or 100 yards, only five games. And he doesn't need a ton of catches to do it. I mean, just last week, he only had four catches and he had over 100 and a touchdown. So I trust him with my life, but I don't think you can sit cup either. I know we're in this back and forth where every Sunday morning when I answer start sits on Fantasy Life's TikTok, shameless plug, everyone always asks me, who would you rather start? And I have to just sit there and under the table flip a coin because mm -hmm. it seems like each week you can trust the yards out of Nakua, but then you end up with a sneaky touchdown at a cup. It's just been back and forth or cups, soft tissue injury comes back up, lingers. It's it's been too much of a back and forth and, and a stress point for myself. But <laughs> Jagger, I want to talk about a running back that I think we can hopefully have a little bit of success this week, but I'm not sure against this defense. How do you feel about Kyron Williams this week? I mean, he's in the same category as Cooper Cup and, and Puka Nakua, another shameless plug. Like I do the start sits for football guys every Sunday, and I said don't start any of them against the Browns, and I was silly three times. <laughs> so I'm not going to do that again, especially when you consider the volume. And Sean McVay, I mean, I guess we slept on him there for a year when they were dealing with injuries, but he cooks up an offense that utilizes and gets these players open no matter the, um, no matter the defense. And even though the Ravens do have a good defense, they're still not the Browns. So as much as a, a Kyron hater I've been all year, I mean, i got to you know, shut up and just watch, I guess. <laughs> well, I wouldn't say that. I definitely enjoy hearing you talk about your fantasy advice and your takes. So please don't shut up. But um, I want to talk about more running back talk, not just Kyron Williams. I want to talk about the Ravens running backs, which I feel like every point in the year we get to week 14 and it's a roulette of which running back do you trust this week? So I want to go around the horn for everyone on this one. Is there a single running back for the Ravens you feel comfortable starting at all? Or is this one of those weeks that because we only have two teams on a bye, you can comfortably sit all of them? Keaton Mitchell has had the burst, but Gus Edwards has had the edge on the touchdowns. Cooter, I'll start with you here. Is this any backfield that you want a part of? I mean, I feel like every time we talk about this team, just because of what Lamar Jackson can do, I'm hesitant. You know what I mean? But if I have to pick one, I think I'm going to go Gus Edwards. Gotcha. Chris, how about yourself? Uh, I would, I'll give the edge to Keaton Mitchell just because we have seen like his team rushing share increase ever so slightly over the past few weeks. I mean, he did have the injury uh, like right, like shortly before the Browns game or, or take that back before the Bengals game came in. Uh, eight carries there, nine carries before they're heading into the bye. And of course, since he also works in the passing game, if you're in a PPR half point PPR format, like we'll take as many targets or touches like from our, on a team that we think is least like a, a more than one of the more efficient like teams in the league. So I, I lean Keaton Mitchell, but I understand like with the way that the Gus bus has been running once, especially once they get inside the 10 five yard line, uh, why you would at least want to 
we like touchdowns. We want more touchdowns, and Gus has been scoring them, so I get it. But I, I lean more towards Mitchell. Gotcha. Jagger, how about yourself between Mitchell and Edwards? Where are you leaning? Um, it's Mitchell for me because all the points that Chris said, and like uh, actually, you know, I'll be a contrarian and cheat. I think it's both. I think that right now, Keaton Mitchell is like the uh, the budget. Achan or budget Jameer Gibbs and Gus Edwards. Let's just say he's like Timu or Sheehan, uh, David Montgomery, you know, and that's like, like significantly worse, but for a couple of weeks, it's going to look good and it'll get you by. So that's, <laughs> I like favorite. them both to be honest. That's my favorite comparison so far this season. So accurate. Amazing. Thank you for that. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to, every time I get one of those ads now, I'm just going to see Gus. Right? Yeah. <laughs> it's the same, the same, the same picture. Yeah. <laughs> oh my That's God. another, so we've come up with so many good memes. It's like, or like images right now, just like talking through the show. I mean, it's solid. I, I love know. it. No, we have an amazing graphics department. I'm sure they're going to help. Yes, us we do. Best um, in the industry. Best in the industry. All right. Let's talk about, a potential MVP candidate. We got to talk about Lamar Jackson. What are the high end expectations managers can hope for, for Lamar against the Rams? Cooter, I'll start with you here. You know, I wish we still had Mark Andrews on the field right now. Cause I just feel like this could have been a big game for him potentially. Um, I'm curious to see how OBJ fits in. I think flowers has been looking nice. And so I, I don't know. I, it's one of those situations where I feel like he still hasn't hit his full potential yet. You know what I mean? And so I'm hoping for the game where I feel like he, not to say he hasn't produced this season, but I just feel like there's more to him and he's got more talent than he's been able to showcase. And so I'm hoping we can see that before this season's through. Definitely. And I love that you brought up Mark Andrews because another player that kind of works into that would be Isaiah Likely. And we expected him to take a lot of those targets as well. But I love that you brought up OBJ because it seems like he's been the beneficiary here. Chris, for you with OBJ regarding upside for Lamar Jackson this week, could he be the one that helps unlock him and bring us some high end potential for Lamar? Oh, 100 um, percent. I think it was almost immediately after Mark Andrews went down. Uh, like we saw like uh, Odell's like target share, like within that particular game. But then over the game following that, like after he had the like sustained the shoulder injury and whatnot, I mean, he really has like turned into like wound back the clock and turned into uh, the the Ravens like wide receiver one. I think it, over like a four or five game stretch, like he's uh, usurped uh, Zay Flowers uh, with the higher target share. I think even in their game right before they went into the bye, uh, he came into the game, I think, with the shoulder injury. Uh, played fewer snaps than uh, most of the other pass catchers on the team, still led the team in targets per route run, uh, air yards as well. So if this is the type of workload that he was getting in injured, now has had a couple weeks to rest. Uh, we saw like how he still has the speed uh, that was just like that iconic. He's just going to get a slant and take it to the house like type uh, type of athleticism that made him one of like the wide receiver one targets when he was still either with the Giants, uh, with the Browns for a hot second as well. I mean, now that he's had the rest and in, in this particular matchup, I think that would be the best way for them to try and uh, attack the Rams defense. Uh, so like I've heard folks like call this a revenge game, but like um, since he's playing against the Rams was like, I mean, the brother won a Super Bowl with him. I don't think he's all that upset like <laughs> that he left. So it's like I, I get he's playing against his old team and whatnot. But yeah, I, I think that I think Odell is probably going to be one of the keys to success like for for Lamar and the Ravens. Yeah, it kind of feels like one of those breakups where you just are amicable as you pass each other in the hall. Or, yeah, I'm like, you know, I got one. I don't mind putting the like on the like, post. Yeah. 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 yeah, absolutely. Like that was a good time. Yeah. And we both went to college and moved yeah. on. We, we both grew up during that time and we can look back on it with re kind respect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. All right, let's go ahead and pick winners in this one. Jagger, I want to start with you as our guest. Who you got to win this one, Rams or Ravens? And I really like this role of anytime touchdowns. Who you got for a possible anytime touchdown in this one? Ravens, and I'm doubling down on Keaton Mitchell. I've said enough about him. I think I think the, the little jitterbug's good. <laughs> Love it. All right, cool. Um, Cooter, I'll go to you for the next one. I'm actually going to go Rams here. I mean, with Cup and Puka and... Williams, I'm gonna go with them, and then my anytime I'm gonna, I'll do like you, I'll double down on Gus. All right, All right. Gus, Gus mm -hmm. Bus, love to hear it. Chris, how about yourself, Rams or Ravens? Uh, I'll go, let's see, I mean, if it's in Baltimore, 
Yeah, I think I'll give it to I'll, I'll give it to the Ravens for for this one. Uh, anytime TD, I'll take the simple answer. I'll take Lamar uh, anytime. Like uh, with the rushing component, mm. yeah, I'll take Lamar. Mm-hmm. Feels like probably the right answer. answer. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh, I love that. And you know what? I'm gonna go ahead and go Ravens as well. And since they're at home, and I know it's not a revenge game, but I'm gonna give OBJ the anytime touchdown for myself. All right. Like, cause cause why not? I want to bring him. Of course. Love it. He's going to be in such a good mood seeing his old friends. He's going to score a touchdown. Betting that one too. I love it. That's that's a very positive narrative. Yeah. <laughs> All about the positivity. As we roll into this next matchup, which I'm hoping has just as much positivity, fourth matchup that we're talking about is going to be the Lions and the Bears. Lions are three-point favorites over the Bears with a game total set at 43 and a half. And we've got to talk about more running backs. And I love starting off with Gibbs and Montgomery. And is this going to be a situation, Jagger, where you go ahead and say both as well? Their PPR points projected this week are very close. Monty's projected at 12.1 and Gibbs at 15, respectfully, on Fantasy Life um, rankings and projections. Against the Bears, can we expect both of these running backs to find success? Or because this is another possible revenge game for Montgomery, is there going to be an edge to one of these guys? Um, I'll give Monty the revenge game narrative because anyone who's ever been stuck in Chicago deserves revenge. <laughs> so I'll give him that. But like, I will say that ever since Matt Eberflus took back over the defense, I know this is going to sound gross and weird to say it's been better. The defense, like turns out his one thing that he is good at is coaching defense. Now as a head coach, I'm not going to go that far, but um, I, I think that this is going to be a little bit tougher for the offense and what we've seen before. And then especially since they kind of run that Tampa 2 style, keep everything in front of them, I wonder how this is going to affect um, uh, Jared Goff because he doesn't like pressure. And especially when he sees a lot of these zone coverages where he can't pick the open man uh, because of man coverage, he could struggle. So I think that like if you have $5 that you don't care about, putting it on the Bears just seems like a fun way to lose I, I, love I like it. it. I love it so much. Dagger, that. you're such a good salesman because even as you said it, you're saying I'm going to lose money. I'm like, I think I want to do that now. I literally I I'm like, yeah. I'm going to take the money out. Who do I bet? Yeah. Where's this going? Like, I'm down. Pull up DraftKings Sportsbook right now. Let's see if we can do this. Let's make this happen. 100%. $5. Take my yeah. money now. Oh, my God. All right. For either of you, Chris and Cooter, between these two running backs, obviously both of them had upside and then bet in the middle. Is there one or the other that you'd prefer starting this week? Cooter, I'll start with you. I, I have to tell a little tale real quick. I have That's a guy good. in my home league that has Monty and Gibbs, and he doesn't even play the decision game. He starts both, and Love it's it. been That's working awesome. out. It's been working out. And so I'm like, <laughs> I don't even have a preference at this point because it's what one, like we said earlier, one's a little speedy, one's getting touchdowns. So I kind of love starting both. I like it. If it's the rare occasion that you have it. So I'm not leaning either way. I like that actually. Chris, how about yourself? Uh, I, I give the lean to Montgomery just because we know that once they get into like the, within the 10 yard line, we know where the touches are going. I'd like in slight concern for, for Gibbs. I know that he broke off that long run, uh, whatever against the, the saints that sorry, Cooter, uh, to, you know, to really put them in scoring position. And then, you know, Dave Montgomery went in and did Dave Montgomery things, but uh, like Gibbs target share was like one of the lowest it had been all season. Uh, his rushing share was also one of the lowest it had been all season. Like we, we know like what this offense is capable of, like when Gibbs is running the explosive nature to him. So just kind of shocked to see him really take a, like take a back seat in what wound up being a more competitive game. Right. Like there was like 21, nothing, or something like that at one point and then like, the i mean was it like in the first you know five <laughs> yeah, seconds maybe yeah. right yeah yeah I, I know like now you're having to like relive it i'm sorry uh, but i'm just <laughs> i'm saying the fact that the saints made it competitive but yet we didn't see more from gibbs is almost like slightly more concerning to me so i so with knowing montgomery has the safer role out of the two because like it doesn't matter if they could be behind they could be ahead they could be in the red zone they could be between the 20s it just seems like montgomery at least has the guaranteed touch load that at least for fantasy purposes is easier to bank on 
Definitely. All right. Let's talk about more of the fantasy weapons for the Lions. I want to talk about Sam Laporta. We mentioned him a little bit earlier, so you know that I'm a fan. <laughs> He's had a touchdown each of the last two weeks, sitting respectfully at tight end three on the season. Can we bank on another touchdown this week? Jagger, please let the fantasy managers know if we can hope for success. I mean, you got to hope for success. Sam Laporta is the new Travis Kelsey. So well, everything I said at, at the beginning of time, like at the beginning of the, the podcast, apply it here because tight end is still kind of bad, even though it's better. Like we have like five good ones now instead of just two uh, or three. So that's that's a plus. So you're you, I mean, he's easily the second target. Um, it, it's him and Amon Ross St. Brown and you can't, and, and, and you can't deny the targets. You can't deny that he, he just looks great out there. And it's nice that we have this resurgence when everyone was talking about cutting the position this off season. <laughs> oh goodness. The dark times that we were in. Right. Um, all right. I want to go, Cooter, I want to go to you for this rest of season for Laporta. Of course, we're looking at the bears matchup now, but what's your confidence level of him rest of the schedule going into the fantasy playoffs? He's got bears this week, the Broncos, Vikings, Dallas, and then the Vikings again. Yeah. I mean, look, I think, I think Jagger nailed it. He's consistent. He's producing. It's a good offense. He kind of could be the new Travis Kelsey. And just to kind of piggyback off of that, if you, if I had to say right now, which one I'm more confident in scoring this week, Kelsey or Laporta, I'm going Laporta. Mm, yeah. I like that confidence level. Chris, do you feel the same in that? Yeah. I mean, right now, uh, Sam Laporta is, I believe, like fourth in target share amongst all tight ends, uh, sixth in yards per route run. And uh, you can make the case that he's probably like, if you had, if you somehow like had him, uh, like, and you had to like pick him and like another like wide receiver. I would probably break ties in favor of like Sam Laporta. Like if you had to start him over, I mean, like his yards per route run, he has like higher yards per route run as of right now than Cooper cup, even though Cooper cup has been banged up and missed like part of the season, Deontay Johnson, uh, Devonta Smith, like if memory serves, I mean, there are a number of like high level, like wide receivers that we look to that Sam Laporta is just like more efficient receiver than at this point. So if he's got the volume, we know that he is like a solid route runner capable of creating explosives downfield. And to Cooter's point, in one of the more efficient offenses in the league, I mean, yeah, I think that's that's an easy sign for me to want to like play Laporta for the rest of the season. I love that. We have to talk about the Bears side of the ball as well. Can't forget them. I want to talk about DJ Moore as he has had a very healthy fantasy output the last three weeks with a minimum of nine targets in each of those weeks. Can we hope for more big things in this game against the Lions, whose defense can sometimes fall behind? Jagger, I'll start to you here. Yes, I'm, I, like I said, I really like the Bears matchup. And it seems like it's more they get in their own way. And uh, from a fan NFL standpoint, it could be frustrating, but from a fantasy standpoint, they've been fairly productive. Granted, Justin Fields had a down game, but DJ Moore, he still exploded. So as long as these two are together, you you got to feel great about them. And not only not only that, the Lions have a suspect defense. I know CJ Gardner Johnson is close to coming off IR. I don't know if he's back this week. Probably not. But even with that, they don't generate a whole lot of pressure. And then the Bears are actually improving on their offensive line. And then the Bears are actually pretty healthy considering where they were at. So and again, I, I like the game script here as well. So I think that they're still going to be able to. To, to run a fun offense. They're not just going to be handing it to Deontay Foreman a thousand times a game. They're going to have to throw to stay in it. So um, it's wheels up for me. And Justin Fields has a lot of top five upside this week. Wheels up on Justin Fields and you're giving him the wheel to drive us home. And I have a little fun mm -hmm. fact. So Ooh, in, the last, in his last seven games, DJ Moore has only scored one touchdown, but guess who it was against? The Lions. So I mean, that, I'm sold. I mean, yeah. <laughs> no, that definitely makes sense. So Cooter, I want to throw this one to you then. Justin Fields is healthy coming off of a bye. Does this shape up for a possible big day for him against the Lions? I think so. I think they both have the potential to score through the air and, get you know, make it a battle. So, yeah, I do. Love that. Chris, how about yourself when it comes to the bear side of the ball in terms of the output for both DJ Moore and Fields together? I think like their connection right now, like they like more is one of the more heavily targeted wide receivers, like almost like the only wide receiver that he targets uh, between it's, it's him and Cole commit, but it's not like, like who out there right now. I mean, if you have to roster uh, like Darnell Mooney, 
or mm. if, like for whatever reason, if you're playing Equinemius St. Brown, I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you right now because <laughs> it just like because none of them get none of them get enough targets or no, and none of them and none of them get enough targets in the areas that matter for fantasy that you should be rostering them. It's DJ Morris, Cole Komet, and that's it. Uh, it's good to see that Justin Fields, like his uh, design rushing rate, has been back up since he came back from uh, from the thumb injury. Uh, so th if the rushing still going to be there, he's still targeting at least the wide receivers or the two pass catchers rather in the offense that we know can be efficient. I'm just hoping that they target, they go down field a bit more. I think it was like 27 of fields, like 36 dropbacks were like were screens or within like five air yards. So I'm going to need him to press the ball a bit more downfield. It, it might work. I mean, in a PPR league, DJ Moore, great, right? I mean, you get those targets, get those short area targets, let them work after the catch, completely fine. But for his, I guess, long-term value, uh, because at least my assumption is as of right now, he will not be the quarterback of the Chicago Bears in 2024. It's just I, I want to see him open it up a bit more. I want to see him be able to showcase uh, like his actual like quarterback, like you know, passing skill, which we know that he has. But I don't know if this offense trusts him. He's whatever the case may be. So against, I mean, to Jagger's point, against the like the Lions, like suspect secondary, I think that gives him like the best shot to do it. So you brought up some a name that I just realized. Do we have a low key brother playoff again with Equinamius St. Brown against someone Ross St. Brown? Mm -hmm. Yeah, the last time Good. that they played, but their parents were there to watch them. Oh, that's adorable. It's Aww. like Chris Hemsworth and the lesser known Luke Hemsworth, right? <laughs> <laughs> Such a brutal comparison. Right? <laughs> One kid they're proud of. The other is... He's proud. around. They're proud. They're yeah, proud. He, he's working. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's got a job. Oh, my God. We're so, very proud of him. So good. All right. I want to go ahead and go around the horn and make our picks of this week again. Jagger, I want to start with you as our guest, and I'd love to hear your anytime touchdown in this matchup. Who you got, Lions or Bears? I'm going to take the Bears because I'm nuts, and then I'm going to take David Montgomery because I'm counteracting and going with the smart one. Like, you do something really dumb and then try to, you know, <laughs> do something smart. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Chris, how about yourself? Lions or Bears, and who's got the touchdown? At I'm also going to take the Bears hey, uh, on this one. Mm, uh, nice. So one second. Let me check. take a look at this real quick. So it's going to be, and this is like, I'm going to walk down Narrative Street. All right. So put your skates on a roll with me for a second. So Jared Goff, uh, what? Born, raised or whatever over on the West Coast, went to Cal and then played, you know, out of, out of the Rams for however long. Uh, warm weather dude. Going to be mm -hmm. playing Chicago. Out in the elements is supposed to be like 20 some odd degrees. Uh, on on Sunday, Oof. Uh, he also has small hands. Okay, throwing all it's that. It's gonna be cold, so they might shrink a little more than usual. Stop him oh, throwing the ball. Shrinkage. Him throwing the ball in cold weather, not being able to grip the ball a couple of times. I could see a pick six coming, you know, coming towards the Bears. Uh, and we all know that he can buckle under pressure. And surprisingly enough, like after their trade for Montez Sweat, like the Bears have been able to pick up the pass pressure. Uh, so I mean, look how many turnovers they got from Josh Dobbs. So I, I think it's possible. I think the Bears pull this out. Uh, anytime touchdown, uh, DJ Moore, we'll just say I'll take the simple answer again. Okay, DJ Moore for the anytime touchdown. And Cooter, um, love to get I'm, your take I'm on I'm sorry. This. I'm going to believe in the Lions here. I'm going Lions, and I'm going to go tight end again. Laporta, anytime touchdown. I love that. Laporta, anytime touchdown. And I'm also going to go with the Lions, but to – the lovely point you just made, Chris. I'm going to go anytime touchdown to the Bears defense. Oh, I Ooh, like that. I, I like, like that. that. Oh, wow. Okay. It got a little bit spicy here. But again, I think that you brought up a great point. Jared Goff is an indoor cat. I don't think <laughs> that he's going to love the cold weather outside. So I can imagine the defense ending up with a touchdown there. It's like plus 1,000. I'm totally betting that. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. They're kind of like it's. <laughs> That's kind I'm of fun. I do like that. I'm going to lose so much money this game. Yeah. Lose or make. I think we might all be making a lot of money this week. I love this. All it takes is one to hit, probably. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All it takes is one. All right. I want to get a really quick update from the Eliminator League from you, Cooter, first before we sign out and let Jagger tell us all about the amazing work that he's doing. So, Cooter, let us know how we're all doing in Fantasy Life's Eliminator League, and please tell me I have hope for myself this week. I mean, you're the only one from our, from this group left in it, so I'm rooting for you. Um, but this week, the loser will have to do some type of ACT, you know, 
standardized test standardized testing situation. So it'll probably have to be online, just given the time of year. We'll see. But um, man, man, yeah, they're gonna have that. to show how smart they are. All right, just it's to give y'all a quick update on on mine. I know I'm the delinquent person here on this. Okay, but here's here's what I've had to do. Okay, I've had people. Uh, we're we're getting some renovations done at, at our house this week. I'm having to sell lemonade to the people working on the house. Okay, that sounds <laughs> okay. Okay, the, I this this is what I'm doing. Okay, if just it's a matter of convenience. But to get this done, it sounds good. I've now had to open up a lemonade stand like in my house in order to get in order to take care of this. Okay. I'm doing this for you people. Get the All job right. done. Gotta get the job done. I just yeah. can't wait to see the content of your lemonade stand that you're hosting in That's your home. Tough. I think it's going to be amazing. Don't you have to raise at least $10 before you can close up shop? I well? know. And that's the hard part. <laughs> I would recommend I you using a, a QR code. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm going to have my kids. Actually, I'm going to, I'm going to have my boys do that. Yeah. I'll have my kids do that. Yeah. Have them put like a backwards R and you know, S just, just so whole, it looks yeah. cute, you know, <laughs> yeah. really sell okay. it. Sold. All right. All right. And Jagger, I would love to hear more from you and all the amazing work you're doing. And please let everybody know where they can follow you and see all your work. You can catch me over at Football Guys. Uh, I'm with Joey Wright and Jeff Bell every Sunday doing their start sits. And then as we get to the playoffs, if you're a dynasty guy or just love football, um, I'm an off-season boy. So I'm going to be diving into rookies and the draft, and that will be most of my content. I will lock myself in my office and won't come out till I've watched every prospect and will be able to present what I found to you. I can't wait for it. I love all that work that you guys do. And I will be joining you in that as I'm a big dynasty person myself. So I can't wait to hear all your takes on the new prospects coming into next season. Sweet. Thank you guys so much again for this amazing episode. And Jagger, thank you again for joining us. And thank you all for tuning in to the Fantasy Life Matchups podcast. And be sure to hit that like and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. If you're looking for more analysis, help with your start sits at the end of the week, head over to fantasylife.com. Check out the tools we have to help you answer all your weekly lineup questions, including the start sit tool, trade raider, and waiver hub. And of course, if you haven't already, subscribe to the newsletter where you can read articles from not only Chris and Cooter, but the rest of the incredible Fantasy Life team. Good luck this week, and we'll see you in week 15.